0: dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Surrender. What do you think of when you hear the word surrender? Are they positive connotations, negative ones, or maybe a mix of both? And what does it look like to be a young woman trying to surrender your life to God on a daily basis? Is that even possible in today's highly secular world? Join me and my special friend, Sarah Moss, as we discuss not only that topic, but what it looks like to be a young Christian woman in today's world and discover for yourself. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. So let's transition now to your next season of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Post-school, career, job, how did you choose your current career path? Who are the influences? Maybe it could have been a parent, a teacher, or a friend, or just you just happen to stumble across it and figure that that's the direction that you want to go. What are the challenges that you face as you pursued your current career path, and what are the rewards?
1: Oof, yeah. I um. So being like an only child, I didn't have like a sibling to go to college before me or to kind of walk the path before Mm me that I could witness or kind of see how they went through it um, and learn from. So I was kind of figuring it out as I went. Um, And I started, I I went to college um, thinking I was going to major in dance um, and also in communications that I was going to open my own dance studio one day um, because dance had been a big part of my life growing up. and really built my confidence I think in myself and I wanted to do that for others and I've always had a passion for um, helping women see their value um, and and so I thought that was gonna be my path um, but then quickly learned like as much as I loved dancing I did it because it was a passion not because I wanted to be better than anybody else and when it became something that I had to be competitive that I had to um, and, and thinking about the career that I would have to have in order to to, to do that. It just wasn't something that I, I knew would sustain me and it wasn't something. And I was worried about losing my passion for it. Um, so I decided to keep that as a passion instead of a career and and started sure. thinking through what were the times that I was happiest. Um, and one of those times I could think back was in high school, we went on this like one week service trip down to New Orleans. and Helped with Habitat for Humanity and built a house, and I just remember being so happy during that time because, like, I was just I was just there to serve. I was serving. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about like other things. It was just me giving my gifts and talents and serving and doing something that mattered, doing something that had like an eternal value for someone. Because um, I don't know what it meant to the person who moved into that house, but I can imagine that it was a gift to them, mm-hmm. and I knew that it it was a good thing, and I knew that. Um, there's a purpose to it. So I went into nonprofit administration at Linenwood. I was fortunate Ah, enough that they had that as an option for a degree and met wonderful teachers there. Um, Dr. Turner's been one of my favorite professors and she uh, being a Christian herself had always just kind of interwoven like her passion for for ministry into her passion for organizations and that's kind of where my heart was too of like I know that Jesus wants us to serve. And I know that's why I felt so good serving is because we're created to serve. And so I started to think through, okay, how can I make a career out of serving? (laughs) Um, If that's what makes me happy, um, um, then why not try to pursue that? And so I learned so much about nonprofits. I learned about... Um, how they function and you know there's a, an array of different missions um, that you can support or ways to support by going to an event by financially investing by um, you know donating something that you have a resource that you have or just volunteering there's so many avenues to help um, so learned all about that and became very very passionate about about organizations and doing something good and I felt really good about that. Um, so I was fortunate enough that God kind of led me, he, you know, it's kind of like, I do feel like he put people in my life that kind of led me to where I am and jobs in my life that led me to where I am. Um, starting with my internship at Cardinal Glennon, which was so, so great. And I fell in love with the team there and the mission of of the hospital um, and serving kids and, and helping them. and then I did that. Um, I went to another organization for six months that I loved too. That was also helping kids, and um, then ended up back at Cardinal Glennon for five years. So um, became a huge passion of mine. To and I learned and grew, learned and grew so much from that. Um, and now I'm helping an array of organizations. Yeah. Um, so it's it's exciting, but I, I would not be where I am if I hadn't surrendered parts of that to God too, because. Me getting my dream job. My dream job was to work at Cardinal Glennon, uh-huh. and so I, I know that I would have continued to chase that, if. But God gave it to me. He gave it to me as a gift, um, in order to tell me, like, hey, this isn't what you want to chase. Like, I'm going to give it to you, so you know that it's not going to your career's not going to fulfill you. Yeah. Like I'm the only one yeah, who can fulfill writable. you. So yeah. I, I know he did that early on because I would have chased it. Um, and I was fortunate enough then to not have to chase it and more so to say like, Hey, take me where you want me to go and I'll be open. I'll have my open hands. Yeah.
0: Um, so you touched on this a little bit earlier. I forgot all about it, but your passion for dance, Mm -hmm. how do you get involved in dance? What different forms of dance did you specialize in? And, um, what do you think are the the pros and the cons of dancing in terms of self-image, you know? versus the challenges nowadays that we face in society and culture with kind of living up to an unrealistic image of what women are supposed to be like. Tell me a little bit about dance.
1: Yeah um so I started at like three and a half. Wow. Uh, Yeah really young and you know there were years where I I didn't want to go you know I didn't want to put on the tights because the tights were sticky and especially when it was the summer you're like oh I don't want to wear these and it's hot outside um But I'm so glad that my mom, like, had me be consistent with going because it became a passion of mine um, over time. And it taught me so much. And one of those is the camaraderie of being a part of a a team, of being a part of something bigger than yourself. um, Which has been a theme of my life that I I always, like, strive to be a part of something bigger than myself. Um, So being a part of a team being a part of a group of girls that met every week and was working on the same dance and in order to perform it and to achieve that goal at the end of the year, like together, was just such a beautiful thing and i was able to dance with like the same group of girls from like such a young age to graduating from high school wow and we became wow. super close friends and like we all went to different high schools mm-hmm. which was really cool because it's like even though we went to different high schools we had different school friends we came together every week and could talk about what we were going through or what we were experiencing and really be there for each other and then also dance together and there was just a bond there it's hard to describe, yeah. but it's it's like doing art with somebody. If you're able to paint with somebody or do photography with somebody like you're doing something you're passionate about and they're doing something they're passionate about. And there's a bond there that's like almost indescribable. So being able to have that was so special to me, which is why I later on had thought I was going to pursue a career in providing that for other other girls. But I, I really think that when it comes to self-image and when it comes to living up to expectations, I was so fortunate to go to a studio that there weren't expectations for you to look a certain way or mm. to be a certain way. And that's what really taught me that it was okay to be myself, that it was okay to just dance because I was passionate about it, and not because I needed to be better than anybody else, not because I needed to look like someone else, but more so that I just needed to be me and bring the gift and the talent that God gave me. And that's what everyone else was doing. And if we're all bringing our talents together, we can accomplish something pretty pretty remarkable. Um, So having that support of like a group of girls that, you know, we were just doing what we loved together and loving each other. And that was so special um, to really have an experience and forming for, for growing up, forming for a young girl who You know you're asking all those questions of like who am I and and should I look like this other person or am I am I accepted the way that I am for who I am
0: so are you still friends with any of these heroes do you still stay in contact with any of them or has that kind of drifted since since high school
1: yeah um so we try to meet up once a year when everybody's in town for Christmas Mm because you know everybody's all over the U.S. now um so it's it's rare that we're all in st louis at the same time um but when we are we try to make our annual melting pot dinner where we all go to the Uh, melting melting pot pot. eat cheese fondue and chocolate fondue and catch up because life flies by but it's a special special friendship that we all still share
0: so do you have a favorite performance when you think back on those years of dancing was there one performance that kind of stands out to you
1: Mm. yeah i think um My favorite performance that stands out would be when you become a senior um, at the studio, you would get to do your own solo, but we kind of started a tradition where the seniors would choreograph a dance Mm -hmm. and get to perform it. So when I graduated, there were four of us total who had danced together all these years. And we had friends that were years behind us and friends that had already graduated. But when it was our year, it came time to choreograph like our dance together. Um, We picked Love's Divine by Seal, which is a really old song, but, you know, we had heard it, you know, in class, like years and years it had been played. And so it was kind of very reminiscent of growing up together at the studio and we picked it. And I remember us meeting on a Saturday to choreograph this dance and it wasn't too far before performance because, you know, there was so much going on when you're a senior that finding time to do anything is really difficult. But we met on this Saturday and we started choreographing this dance together and it flowed so easily i think we were done choreographing within like 45 minutes because we had grown up dancing with each other we knew each other's different styles and it was kind of like we all could court we all choreographed it together so someone would say let's do this next and we'd be like yes that flows let's do it and it just flowed so easily bringing all of our creativity and putting it together um like i said bringing your talents together and creating it it was kind of just like a wow moment for me because it was like wow like we know each other so well and we've like developed these talents and this creativity together but it's also different like we all had different styles that we really loved and we incorporated all into this dance um and it was beautiful and it was so fun to perform and at the end it was kind of, it was almost like our goodbye as well at the end we all stood like in a row and held hands together yeah. and um We looked off stage at those who were watching in the wings and then we looked out in the audience and then it was kind of like we broke apart and we all went our separate ways at the end. Because that's what was happening is like we were all going our separate ways and moving on to the next chapter of life. And we were able to really depict that on stage, which was such a touching moment for not only for us, but for everybody else who was there, I think. Um, So that just was such a special dance to perform yeah. for so many reasons.
0: So, did anybody record it?
1: It is recorded. It yeah. is recorded? It's not on the no. internet, though. So <laughs> You may have to
0: send me the link privately then <laughs> if it's recorded and still viewable.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> um, so, that's dance. What I'd like to do now is I'd like to switch to another topic, relationships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does it look like to develop new, healthy friendships during this season of life? What sort of challenges do you face compared to back in school? And if you're contemplating a serious relationship, what sort of challenges do you face in trying to meet or find someone who you'd be interested in dating? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, there's so much here, especially when it comes to friendships. I'll touch on that first. Um, Really knowing, friendships take a lot of time and they take a a lot of energy. So it's really, I think you got to audit how much time you're willing to invest, and energy you're willing to invest, and invest, and make sure that you are setting up boundaries for yourself. Um, because I think we can easily get caught up in wanting the approval of others, and wanting friendships to grow, and wanting to build those friendships so much so that you you don't take the time you need, like for yourself. Um, at least that's something that I find to be challenging. Is I want to see all the people I care about. And I, if I, if I saw them all every week, like I would have no time for myself and certainly no time to spend with God. So it's important in really auditing your time and where you're putting it. um, But also allowing that time for those friendships to grow deeper and deeper. Um, I think making new friends is way harder as an adult than it is as a kid. Like, I agree. Uh, like as a kid, I feel like you just find one thing you're you're have in common, it's like, all right, is right. my best friend yes, because right. she likes to, right. to swing we both just like, like I... the same
0: ice cream. So yeah. Best friends. Yes.
1: yes. Right. Um, whereas you feel like as an adult it's just way harder to connect. And I yeah. think a lot of a lot of people are really afraid of deep friendships and deep yeah. relationships too. So it's True. finding somebody that's also willing to invest the time and invest their heart in it. Um, and having that equal investment, I think is, is where a lot of the disconnect comes. Like maybe somebody wants a deep friendship, but the other person doesn't. Yep. So, um, it's a lot harder as an adult, I think, but I think that comes with pursue the things that you're passionate in and you'll meet other people who are also
0: passionate. One hundred percent.
1: So that's kind of where I would start There's wisdom. With, yep. yeah, making friendships. Yeah. But, um, I think it, it comes a lot more natural that way. Where you just naturally want to invest more and more in a person the more you learn about them because you already have a common passion or a yeah. common common ground to start on, for sure.
0: Um, I know I've mentioned this before several podcasts, but um, it was easier for me as opposed to trying to talk my some of my existing friends into running, just mm-hmm. finding a running group that I liked. And then over a period of time, discovering that um, the people that I ran with have actually become some of my closer friends one I think because uh, with the running community it's it's just naturally kind of a very healthy positive cheerleading optimistic group to begin with Mm -hmm. and second of all because we do spend that regular time with one another we typically get together once a week to invest in running and then with the the running community that I'm part of we train at a pace where we can still have conversation and everything and um, it's just it's been fabulous because I think exactly like what you said, it can be challenging as you get older, not only to develop additional friendships, but to develop additional healthy friendships. Mm-hmm. And um, the running community has just been an amazing blessing for me. And I'm sure that that could potentially be the same thing, um, whether it's people getting involved in CrossFit or any other type of healthy organization. Mm-hmm. But what I've discovered is running has been, yeah, the running group, It's they've actually they've gone from just being fellow runners to now where some of them I would consider to be true friends and a couple of them I would consider to be very, very close friends now that I'm doing life with during the seasonal life. So mm-hmm. um, so that's friendships. Mm-hmm. How about the, the next stage? Um, what's it look like to ponder or consider uh, dating someone these days?
1: Yeah, um, I think and Let me some... ask you something.
0: Do yeah. girls still expect guys to pursue them to initiate the first move? Or do, are girls now the ones who are pursuing guys? And is it just as simple and as easy as swipe left, swipe right, leads you to happily ever after? Is that all it takes?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, it's definitely different. It's different now than it used to be. That's and we're, I think we're all feeling it out here. But yeah. I I definitely come from the more traditional sense that, like, I want to be pursued. Yeah. Um. Like, I have found that if I'm doing a lot of the initiating – um, like in past relationships, if I was doing a lot of the initiating, then it turns out the other person on the other end wasn't as committed. Um, they weren't as invested because I was the one initiating the investing. Yeah. So I think it's very important for um, for the guy in the relationship to initiate and to to make those first moves because it is showing a level of commitment of like, hey, I'm ready for something serious or I'm ready for something that's deep. Um, and that's going to be important. Um, so for me, I've always loved, I've always wanted to be pursued in that way. Um, and it's something that I know not everybody may agree with. Um, and it may work the other way, but just in my experience, like it's important for the guy to make those initial steps. Um, so I mean the swipe left and swipe right. I have like several of my closest friends have met their significant others on dating apps and that's great like it works it does work it's just never been my thing um i i mean i kind of know what i want i know i know the direction my life is gonna go in and so um hopping on those apps i feel like i have to sort through a a lot like sort through You know, you're finding out some people are on, like, a completely different page on what they expect out of relationships, what they view relationships as. Uh, Maybe they don't want a serious relationship. They just want something really casual. And, like, when you're on the apps, like, you're getting an assortment of that. And you have to really spend the time and energy to sort through it all. And, And for me, I would rather spend my time and energy, like, focusing on where, like, God has me and the ways that he's growing me. And if he brings somebody along to do life with me, then like then I would I would have rather it happened that way. That makes sense. And and so I kind of knew that um, because I knew God was doing so much in my life and has been doing so much in my life to grow me that I didn't want to invest my energy in looking for a relationship. Um, I more so wanted to trust him that he would bring the right person at the right time. And and for that, that is an area of surrender for me um, that I had to get to. Because if I were out there on the apps, like I know my heart in particular would not have been surrendered to God in that way because I would want to control it. That would be me controlling it and trying to achieve a desired outcome instead of allowing God to like work and bring that person into my life and I'm not saying that like it can't be done in a heart of surrender because I believe it can I just know from my particular case like I needed to just spend my time in surrender like elsewhere and not on the apps yeah
0: by the way, what's the good direction? Is it if you swipe left or swipe right? Which one's the, the good direction?
1: Rob, I'm not even sure. <laughs> not it's sure. probably changed. Since, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even know. And there are like, uh, there's so many different apps too uh, that, like, uh, I, maybe you swipe up on some of them. Sure? I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Like, I haven't yeah, seen them either. in a long time. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so we live in a society now that's very, I'll say, Well, let me just ask you, what are your views on premarital sex?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely believe that sex is intended for marriage. um, And so waiting is really important to me um, and I think really leads to a healthy relationship. Um, Because, I mean, that adds a whole other level of intimacy. And sometimes it can happen before, you know, your relationship is really developed Um, and it's, it's just, and it's not meant to be broken is how I see it. Like that level of intimacy is so personal and, and vulnerable. That vulnerability needs to be protected in a way that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be broken. So I really see, or, and it leads to a lot of destruction when it is. And I think everybody can agree with that, um, that when you have such intimate relationships That become destructive or become very hurtful after being so vulnerable with somebody, like that, it is really destructive. So I think the healthiest relationships are the ones that that put that off and really develop um strong personal, emotional connections with somebody um, and really doing life with somebody and then adding that in, like when you're in a committed relationship, a covenant relationship. Um, before the Lord. So, I mean, it's something that has been really important to me. And I know that's that's a struggle out here. To, like, find other people who are another person Amen. that yep. wants to wait. And that wants to um, really develop an emotional relationship. And um, actually do life with, with another person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think that's part of what makes um, dating even more challenging as you get older in life. If people have been through serious relationships where they've been intimate with somebody like that and then either a breakup in a relationship or a divorce or um, even a spouse passing away, I think that there is then some brokenness that they then carry with them from relationship to relationship. And even if people... With the very best of intentions, you know, try to get counseling and try to heal as best they can. I don't think you ever find out just how healed you really are until you're in your next relationship. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I'm a big fan of people like yourself doing it right the first time and then staying committed to a covenant marriage the rest of your life. Like when I think of heroes, my heroes in life, as much as I like to tease about Marvel and DC comic, but my true heroes in life are the husbands and wives who have been able to not only survive the tough times, but then also thrive and grow intentionally, grow closer and closer to one another mm-hmm. over a long period of time, and then also the the single parent moms and dads who um, maybe have no real reason or cause of their own are having to put their kids at a higher priority than maybe their dating status, just in order to um, be responsible for a commitment they made earlier mm-hmm. in life. So so I applaud you. I think you're doing things the, the right way. And it's, um, yeah, I definitely champion that that sort of outlook and attitude. Um, so let's talk about your faith walk right now. How has that changed over the past year or, year or so? you um, share that you're a Christ follower, but uh, how has it grown and where do you see yourself at just faith-wise right now?
1: yeah um man it's like it's like he's taking me deeper and deeper and I I definitely feel closer to him than I have felt you know in a while um hmm.
0: do you think it's important like um serving at the church that you're currently a part of
1: yes I do think it's important to serve um And I'm currently plugged in on the prayer team, which, you know, as I shared earlier, I've really like learned like the value in that and praying over others and like praying with others. So I I dove into like, let me can do this as a way to serve. Let me do this as a way to serve those who may not have a prayer partner and Mm -hmm. who are wanting prayer or maybe don't know what their next step is and want to come before the Lord. So. Um, I've stepped into that role and also helping with baptism as well Um, which baptism has always been close to my heart so I mean there's just something so holy about that moment and getting to watch it and be a part of it with somebody else who's getting baptized like the faces that come out of the water you can just see the grace and see the change Um, uh, you know because it's it's an outward expression of a changed life and they're feeling that and remembering how good God is in those moments, and who He is to them, and it's just so so beautiful. So, getting to be a part of the baptism team and and regularly like encouraging and affirming those who have made that decision, and really being there for whatever they need that day, and making sure that they are comfortable, that they have a towel, that they you know are, are ready to like to do this it's just it's so special and I'm so thankful that like God allows me to move in close during those moments yeah Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so let's talk about turning points Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of turning points in people's lives sometimes we're cautious of them when they happen sometimes we don't realize it a lot of times till we look back I can look back on my life and, and think of a, a variety of different turning points um, one of them when I was when I received the invitation to come check out the crossing mm-hmm. um, when you look back on your life what do you think has been the top one maybe two turning points in your life it can either be a struggle or a victory to be either openly or privately dealt with, and again, it could be something that's either physical, health, mental, emotional, relational, financial, or spiritual. The turning points.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think there have been multiple of these in my life too, and I think they're very defining. Mm-hmm. They define your faith. They yep. define you as Amen. a person. Um, one, the the first one that I think of is, and um, just talking about baptism in seventh grade. Um, I went through like a, a depression um, where I just really, I didn't really want to live anymore. Um, it wasn't like I, I couldn't take my life, but it was more or less I just didn't want it. No. You know, I just um, just felt so down and defeated and unmotivated um, to really. Do you really, know
0: why? What do you attribute that to?
1: Yeah, I, I attribute it to. Um,
0: was it a relationship?
1: I think it was um, it, it was the start when I started dating. Yeah. So it was my first relationship, and it was of no fault of his, because I yeah. think, you know, what 14-year-old boy really knows how to be oh, in a relationship gosh. or treat a girl? Oh. Um, <laughs> so, like, no fault no, of his, but just I think of, yeah. of me having unrealistic expectations and yeah. of me wanting the approval of somebody else mm. and really allowing, like, that to override like my approval of myself and yep. override, um, you know, going to God and what he thinks of me being the most important thing. So I think I was wrestling with like, who I am. I, and like, you know, what if others don't approve of me? What if, what if others don't validate me, yep. you know, do, do I, am I confident in myself enough to just be myself? And at the time I wasn't like, I had not, I thought I had developed that. Um, but, like, really, I just, I was definitely feeling like if I don't get the approval of this person, then, like, you know, it, it was just devastating to me. Yeah, sure. Um, yep.
0: Was that your first, quote-unquote, true love? Like, were you, do you feel like you were in love? With and I, Granted, I know you said this was back when you were in middle school or early? Middle it's, school. I wouldn't being, say that
1: was my first love, though. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was a whole nother experience. Um, yeah,
0: uh, I realized being in love when we're in middle school is like totally different from when. Hopefully, it's different when we're adults, right? Let's yes, hope. So,
1: yes, in
0: love so. versus the commitment to unconditionally love somebody, mm-hmm. like First Corinthians thirteen. I mean, like um, I like the way Tim Keller puts it. Um, it's to be known, to be loved, and but not known. That's kind of cute. That's kind of like the Disney love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be known but then not loved, that's that's frightening, right? Mm-hmm. If you reveal yourself and somebody says, "I, you know what, now that I know you, um, sorry, I'm exiting. And I mean, sometimes you have to do that if somebody's unhealthy for that.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But then we all crave to have somebody that we can truly, honestly be ourself with, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and yet know mm-hmm. that we're unconditionally loved. And that obviously God sets the benchmark for that, right? He unconditionally loves us and he calls us, the more that we're Spirit-filled, to unconditionally love others that same way. Because if we claim to be Christ followers and we love somebody and then bail on them, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, can you think of the scars that that leaves on people? Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, okay. so hopefully our ability Definitely. to love Definitely. changes and matures as we get older. Um, middle school to college to then later in my, hopefully we, we love better and better deeper deeper more and more authentic yeah um, so sorry this is your story go ahead no
1: that's good no i think that's really good to touch on because i think as you go through more life experience you recognize how important it is to love others through what they're going through be because you amen. you have needed love yes. in your lowest yes. points amen um, so I think I I mean I 100% agree with you on just like the more you go through in life and the older we get like I hope we're able to love deeper yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um so how did that turning point then it's um, how did that spin pivot to what did that turning point look like coming out of the turning point
1: yes so um yeah being depressed uh, just not really wanting to live anymore but not knowing what to do with that um. Mm-hmm spent a lot of time crying about it and really just got to a place where I was like I I know who God is like why don't I just like if I don't want my life like maybe he wants it and I kind of just got to another (laughs) place of surrender where I was like you know what like why don't I just surrender this to him and see what he will do because really he was my only way out like he was the only one who could make a way for me and he did and like I can't even remember how he did it um, but it was like, I came, out of that. I came out of that depression and like knew that moving forward, like he was my savior and he was the one who rescued me. And from that summer I got baptized at the crossing. Mm. Um, and, and that, that was when I was like, I'm proclaiming that I'm with him. I'm with Jesus yeah. and he is my rescuer and he's the one I'm walking with from here on out. Um, And that was a really holy moment for me and a big turning point Ah. of things are going to change now because I know who I am in Christ. um, And I'm going to walk in confidence Ah. on that. Um, I'm not going to let the opinions of others um, tell me who I am or sway me from that because I know who God says that I am.
0: So has it been... Easy peasy, easy sailing since then, since your, your baptism moment, or have there's still been struggles and battles and ups and downs and everything that you've had to deal with.
1: Yeah, definitely not been easy peasy, but that, I mean, that's the beauty in it is that like Jesus didn't promise that we wouldn't face hard things. Like, in fact, he said, like, you're going to go through right. trials, you're going to go through hard things, Absolutely. but that right. he's going to go through it with us. Yeah. So in walking with him, um, like, yeah, we, I've still faced the same challenges. Like, I can't say that I'm never worried about what other people think. Yeah. I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. And then I have to come back to that place of surrender of like, okay, am I chasing the approval of others or am I chasing God's approval of me? Yeah. Um, so it's something I have to continuously rewire my brain to think about it in that way of pursuing who God created me to be and and reminding myself of who God says that I am over what other people think and say. Because the truth is, is that you're, you're, you're not always going to have people who approve of you and not everyone's going to like you. And as hard as that is, like, it's so hard for me to like, accept that because I want to be liked by everybody. (laughs) And I know we all have that desire, but it's just, it's just not how it works. And that is okay though, because the Lord knows who you are and the Lord loves you and created you. And like, that's where we can put our confidence in.
0: There are some people out there just because of how they're hardwired and where they're at in their life. If they know that you're liked by everybody, then they're not going to like you specifically because it just because they have an (laughs) ax to grind. And that's an issue that they're dealing with. So, um, so it is true. We're not going to be liked by everybody or loved by everybody. Um, So, who does God say you are?
1: Oh, great question. I wish I had the list of Bible verses that I could give you. Um, But I can use specific descriptive words like beloved. The Lord calls me His beloved. Um, The Lord calls me His daughter. Um, And the Lord calls me like His chosen. Um, And those words in themselves have such, like, they're so close to my heart. To, To be called a daughter of the King, to be called... Somebody he chose. He chose me. He pursued me, and I'm his beloved. And and those words, and holding on to those promises, is just that's where that's where the confidence comes
0: from. Um, yeah, I think about the fact that we are. Think about the fact God created the, the entire universe, and that He considers us to be His masterpiece. Mm-hmm. That almost brings like tears to my eyes when I think about it now. That the Creator of the Universe considers you, me, everybody else that He created, to be His masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. incredible
1: yeah, and tough incredible. to look at ourselves that way for I, sure. I can't
0: receive that. Yes, I just wrestle with exactly. receiving that.
1: Yes, oh because we see all of our flaws. Right. Like Amen. I and I, I right. feel so unlovable yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, that it's like, gosh, how can I look at myself? As a masterpiece how can I see myself the way God sees me yeah. and that's a continuous prayer of mine is like Lord help me see myself the way you see me yeah. uh, give me your eyes yeah. to see yeah. um, because it's it's hard to envision hard to accept hard to receive
0: yeah Um I do too I pray like to be able to receive because I think like love is a two-way street there's the giving part of it and then the receiving We know that God's doing his part to love us unconditionally. If I could just receive it better and better, where it would genuinely transform me more and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be, it's a game changer. Not only an eternity changer, but just the way I'd live my life now. The way I'd be able to witness to others. And so, yes, I pray that I'm able to receive God's love better and better. And then also that I don't end up getting complacent and getting because i'm into like the the christian you know routine rhythm routine that end up getting complacent and you know my heart ends up getting dulled to everything that god's doing around me because i think that can
1: happen oh for sure Um, yeah yeah
0: okay so let's revisit today in your current season of life what's most important to you in 2021 what are you most grateful for these days it can be family friends for me, running is one of the things. God, <laughs> career, health, peace of mind. All of them, none of them. 2021, what are you most grateful for? Great,
1: great question. I think I'm I'm most grateful for God continuing to be my rescuer, to continuing to be my savior, continuing to give me grace and to teach me what grace is yeah. um and i would think at 27 that i and from being a christian for so long i would think that i would have a better understanding of grace or somehow be able to comprehend it but i i can't and um so i think i'm just so thankful that even though i can't understand it that god extends it and and going through 2020 and really getting to a place of surrender and surrendering my career, my relationships, my finances, my talents, I had to create a blank canvas for God. I had painted my own masterpiece and it wasn't looking that great. Um, so I really had to, I had to clear it. I had to create a blank canvas and then hand over the paintbrush. And that's the best way that I can describe where I'm at in life is, I had to give God the paintbrush knowing that he can paint far better than I can, that whatever he would create would be ten times more, a hundred times, a thousand times more beautiful than anything that I could ever paint and he could use colors that I can't even imagine. And so giving up that control and surrendering and giving him the paintbrush, the things he started to paint, like I'm only getting glimpses of, and they're so, so beautiful and exciting and, it's still a struggle for me not to take the paintbrush and be like, yeah, God, I like that color. Let's use more of that and let's go this way and like do this. Um, But it's like a continuous for me of, okay, I have to surrender again. Like God is the painter. He's got the paintbrush and I have to trust him. And I think that's the best way I can describe where I'm at and where I'm going and what I can see God painting is beautiful already. So I can't imagine what he has planned next.
0: Amen. Um, So what do you think are the biggest challenges that you face currently in life today? It could be health, relationships, spiritual, purpose in life. What are the biggest challenges that you're currently facing?
1: Yeah, the biggest challenge I can say I'm currently facing is God's giving me some really great gifts and I'm enjoying those gifts and spending more time with those gifts than the gift giver and that mm. has been ultimately clear for me in the last mm. several days yep. as I've just been feeling like um like drained in a way that's like oh I'm enjoying all these gifts that God has given me and like it's so so good but then why am I drained and it's like I had to come back to this place when, where I was asking God and he was like I, I want you to enjoy my presence more than my presence. Like, like I, I should be enjoying and spending, he's the ultimate gift. And it's, how can I forget that he's the ultimate gift? Um, And I should be enjoying my time with him because it's far sweeter than anything else I could ever receive. So for me, that's my challenge right now is to go back to my first love, to go back to having that discipline of spending time with Him every morning, of disciplining myself to do that, and because He's the ultimate gift, and even though He is giving me some some really amazing gifts, like and there's so much joy there for Him and for me, um, I don't want to miss out on just being in His presence.
0: Yeah, that's good. That reminds me of the the parable of the, the vine and the branches, mm-hmm. just the importance of staying connected. If you get too kind of along the lines of what you're saying um, too infatuated with the fruit that's being produced on your your branches at the expense of the connection with the vine then I think like you say we've missed out on what's the the really important thing Right. we don't produce anything without being connected to the vine
1: that's exactly right
0: Um, so one thing I did want to touch on I jumped from it but when just for maybe some of our listeners when you talk about this idea of grace what is what does grace mean to you you're going to share with somebody who's not familiar with that concept how would you describe grace
1: yes and and grace is something i'm still trying to comprehend so i like i'm glad you asked this question because i still have so much to learn about grace but i really like the word grace itself like when i picture the word grace i picture water Um, and that's part of how graceful water is and just the way that it flows um but just that it's always flowing. It's always flowing. Like Mm -hmm. God is always extending us grace at every moment. Um, And even in the Bible, the cup overflows. And that's, I know, described in the Bible, but I can't tell you the verse. I wish I could. Um, But it's like, um, it's just constant. And it's it's getting what we don't deserve. It's um, in fact, getting more and more of what we don't deserve. And it's unending, and it's it's. It's like so beautiful and uncomprehendable to me. Yeah. Of that, if you accumulate all my mistakes and all my failures and all of that, yet God still loves me. Like, that's grace. Like yeah. God can still forgive me for that. That's grace. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and that if we accept this free gift of grace, it means that we can spend all eternity. With the giver of that grace basically jesus so Mm -hmm. that's the incredible part of it yeah um bucket list what's on your bucket list of things that you have to accomplish see explore sometime in your lifetime it can either be a trip it can be something relational like maybe there's somebody out there that i have to forgive it can be some sort of conquest it can be a charity something you need to prove to yourself starting a business ministry, drop five pounds not that you need to worry about that <laughs> or it could be starting a podcast
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so good that's so good, I think um, my bucket list I've always wanted to take a all-inclusive vacation somewhere uh, um, probably to the Caribbean because that sounds like the place I like to be yeah, palm yeah. trees and beaches and fruity drinks um, yeah. but like on a more serious note, I think I've just always wanted to like have a family, I think. Mm, um yeah. to be a mom. Um, I just know that God is gonna teach me so much about his love for me through being a parent. Yeah. Um so that's part of it. Uh I also love to fish. So mm, that's a fun hub yeah. of mine. So I mean there's lots of places that like I wanna go fish. Yeah. And um yeah, I want to I want to see my closest friends get married. I want to see I want my parents to be at my wedding. Yeah. I want I want there's so many things that like I want. But at the end of the day, like I don't really hold on to those because like I said, I know God's painting the canvas and I have to live in a state of surrender where like it's not what I want, but what he wants. No. And like Um, but that's not disappointing because whatever he chooses and whatever he plans is going to be better than anything I can envision or anything that I can see. So it's like when I think of a bucket list, it's not a concrete list and it's not something I have written down. It's just, there are things in my life that I'd like to experience, but I know that if God is the one painting the canvas, whatever he chooses to plan and do is going to be beautiful anyway.
0: Amen. Um, so I've thought about this question before myself, and I've thought, well, first thing on my bucket list would be to come up with a bucket list, yeah. one. <laughs> that's right. um, but then the second thing I thought of is on my bucket list is I would like to spend all of eternity with my friends.
1: Oh, yes. That
0: would be, yes, that would be nice. So mm-hmm. that's on my bucket list, but that's not totally within my control, but part of it is doing exactly what we're doing here, right? We're sharing our story, sharing our life.
1: Yes. Um, yeah
0: is there anybody in life right now that you still need to forgive do you feel like you're still clinging to a grudge or an old wound maybe with an old friend that has not healed yet
1: yeah and um, the answer to that is myself i i'm so hard on myself and i i know this in my journey of trying to understand grace better that i it's easier for me to accept grace from others than it is for me to give grace to myself and and that is I'm trying to figure out how to do that like yeah. how do you forgive yourself for making mistakes or for failing or for hurting somebody that you yeah. love so so much yeah. like yeah. um it's that's those are the things that I struggle to let go of yeah. um, because it's like yeah I just I haven't figured out how to do that yet yeah. um but, so really forgiving myself is the yeah. biggest thing that I'm working on yeah. um, because I know that God doesn't want me to hold on to right. my mistakes. He doesn't yeah. want me to hold on to my failures. He wants me to live in the freedom of the grace that He yeah. has given me. Amen. Um, and I know there are times where I do get, up, get caught up in holding on to those things and holding on to past mistakes or things that I've said or failures. And I know Jesus is saying like, don't carry that like yeah. I never intended you to carry that I carried that on yeah. the cross amen um, yeah. so I died for that don't don't carry that yeah um, so getting to a place where I'm able to forgive myself um, is is what I'm working on yeah. I think
0: do you have a mentor
1: I don't have a mentor no. I, yeah that I have a lot of really healthy influences in my life yeah. a lot of people that I go to for wisdom or um, who can speak encouragement into me and speak life giving words to me. Um, but I haven't ever had a mentor. Um, and, and I think that's something that my generation could really benefit from is mm-hmm. having a lot of mentors to help walk us through, um, through life. Cause I know that's a really special yep. relationship.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Just to do life with people intentionally with wanting what's best for them. Mm -hmm. and to be able to share how those of us who are and it doesn't necessarily have to be older but what comes with age a lot of times um, is experiences where you've done things right but more times than not a lot of times where you've done things wrong Mm -hmm. and you can see where things have been totally jacked up and if you can share that with someone for better or for worse even if they don't listen to you, it's just doing life with somebody, knowing that there's somebody there who's going to love you, again this whole idea of being able to be open and honest with somebody about who you are and how you are in life and knowing that there's somebody who's always going to be in your corner, who's always going to love you, who's not necessarily going to try to fix you or change mm-hmm. you, who's going to be there to support you. Yeah, I think uh, that is the role of a mentor. Um, have you ever felt nudged or prompted to be a mentor to someone, say, maybe younger than you who's coming up through the ranks?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um when i i've been in charge of um hiring and bringing on interns at my previous job so those would be like college college students and in many of those um friendships like i've felt like i've been in their shoes so i can help guide them um and that i really put so much value on that because it helps me grow as in mentoring someone else and it helps them grow um So there have definitely been some friendships that have grown out of that that I hope that I've helped them um, just kind of feel more comfortable and and help guiding them to figure out where they're being called to.
0: I'm sure you have. So as we begin to wind things down, just your final thoughts on things, what sort of advice or encouragement would you have for others in a similar season of life or who have experienced some of the same challenges that you've faced them?
1: Yeah. I guess the encouragement I have is, like, God is good and he's always willing to rescue us if we ask. If we ask and we come to him and surrender, he is the ultimate rescuer. And I, I was thinking even today, like, It's like I never get to a place where I don't need rescuing. And, um, you know, part of me is like, man, God, I'm sorry I have to get back to this place where, like, I have to ask you to rescue me again. But, like, it's so true that, like, it's a constant quest for surrender. And I don't think he ever gets tired of rescuing us. I I really see it as... um, He's got his arms stretched out wide, like, ready to embrace us when we're like, Hey, right. I need you, yeah. and I I need you to rescue me. Um, I think he's he's ready to say, Okay, oh, yeah. I'm on my way. Right. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. working on it.
0: You're right where you should be is what he's saying.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and what would you like to say to the people that you love the most in life?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I feel so undeserving is, is how, you know, what I would say is like, I have some really deep relationships that God has built over years and years and like, I wouldn't trade them for anything. And to to have those walk close with you who've known you for so long, who can speak life into you and remind you like, Hey, remember when God was faithful? remember when he did xyz remember Mm -hmm. when he did that like god will be faithful again like you can't put a value on that and i'm so undeserving i feel of being loved in that way Mm -hmm. um but that's exactly a reflection of the cross too we're so undeserving of being loved in that way but yet it's a gift and yet um god extends it so
0: amen so i've never done this with anybody else yet um how would you like to close in prayer both of us
1: mm. okay like can i pray
0: we'll both pray
1: oh okay right? okay
0: um so papa thank you so much for the gift of sarah in my life she's definitely a light and a beacon and um, i learn a lot from her i learn a lot about you and our relationship just from listening to her talk and watching her grow. i pray that you continue to watch over her and guide her lead her help her to realize that she really is the masterpiece that you've created her to be Um, help her to see and recognize her your plan and purpose for her in life and help her to continue to surrender to you on a daily hourly minute by minute basis because that's truly where our um, direction is going to come from you is staying connected to the vine
1: oh dear heavenly father i just thank you so much for this beautiful day and i thank you so much Um, that you're working through Rob and this incredible podcast to reach others out there where they are, to remind them that it's okay to be where they are, that God knows where they are. And he has his hands and his arms out and extended to them, Lord. And I just thank you so much for the gift of friendship that you've provided through Rob and Oh, just all that you're doing. I praise you for what you have done and for what you're going to do. You go before us, Lord, and you have great plans for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: All right. So I want to thank you very much. I appreciate you. Love you as a friend. Appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with me. I think this, your story is going to be totally awesome. To all of our listeners on Podville, thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you very much. To a very special friend of mine. I love you dearly. To all my listeners, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Real Friends.